Welcome to Daybreak Community Church. Uh, today I'm going to finish up my, my, my sermon series uh, just on a, a better way, and we're actually going to talk about prayer. Uh, and I don't think there's a better way to kick off a, a ministry year than to talk on, on prayer. Here, here's the question I have for you. How, how, and don't raise your hand, because I think we'd all raise our hand. How many of us actually believe in the power of prayer? I mean, we believe that God hears our prayers. We believe that prayer can be effective. But maybe the deeper question for us is how many of us would say we probably don't pray as often as we should? We may even try to pray, but oftentimes we feel that our prayers aren't that effective. So this whole series, these four weeks we've been looking at, we've, we've looked at Jesus and the way that he did ministry, and the way that he lived his life. We're not just looking at the truth that he taught, but we're also looking at what was the rhythms in his life. If there was a constant in Jesus' life, if there was something that you could look at and go, this was always involved in his life, no matter what happened, no matter how crazy his life was, no matter what the disciples were doing, no matter what the Roman government had happening at that time, no matter what the rumors about Jesus were, the constant in Jesus' life was he always sought the Father in prayer. He prioritized the presence of God in prayer. And did it ever work? His life, And prayer empowered Jesus to overcome every temptation of the evil one. He was able to be faithful to God. He healed people. He showed love to those who were unloving. The ones that asked him questions that would irritate even the best of us. When I look at Jesus' life, and I see how Jesus lived, man, I want to live like that. I want to love the way that Jesus loved. So if I want Jesus, if I want what Jesus had, I should probably learn to pray like Jesus did. The question for me this week was, why do I think I struggle to pray consistently or pray effectively? See, maybe you're like me. I I see three reasons actually in my life. One of the reasons in Matt's life is Matt lacks focus. I mean, we want to pray and we'll hear a message on praying and you're like, I'm going to start to pray. And it's pretty amazing. My mind starts to wander when I sit down. In school, I needed two credits for my undergrad I was playing basketball at that time. I scanned through the list. I found a class that was two credits on prayer. I thought, how hard could prayer be? I showed up to class, the first class, and the teacher said, we're only going to meet twice this semester. And I thought, I have picked the perfect class. The first assignment was simply this, go away and pray for four hours. The next assignment was go away for eight hours and pray. And just journal your thoughts. I thought before basketball season starts, let's just get this taken care of. And so I went to a great lake in Minnesota, 
I sat there and I was really praying and praying and praying and praying and praying and thought, I probably have went beyond the four hours. I'm probably at the eight hour mark. I looked down at my watch, 22 minutes. (laughs) The next three and a half hours were hell. (laughs) Because prayer wasn't something that was this part of my life. It was this task that I had to do. And in tasks, we all lose focus. Uh, maybe it's not just that you lack focus. Maybe you get bored. Am I allowed to say that in church? Like you pray a long time and it's really boring. As a kid, not as an adult, I used to fall asleep when I was praying. And in that, I thought God is just mad at me. And maybe another reason we don't pray consistently is we lack confidence. I mean, we just don't really know how to do it. I mean, it's especially intimidating when you're around somebody who knows how to pray. <laughs> Anyone have someone like that in your life? They're like prayer warriors. When they pray, they're quoting scriptures and they know exactly where they are. They're calling on names of God like Jehovah Nissi and Jehovah Rapha. They ask you to pray and you just freak out. Some people lack focus. Some people lack confidence. Some of us just lack faith. We're not really sure God will do it. We might believe that God can do it, but it doesn't seem like he's going to do it for me. We wonder, does God really hear our prayers? Does he care? Sometimes we can make a pretty strong argument that he doesn't really care. Or hear my prayers because we've tried in the past. I mean, I prayed so hard, I believed God was going to answer, and he didn't do what I asked him to do. You probably have your own version of that story. Maybe as a kid, you prayed for your parents' marriage to work, and you believed, and they ended up getting divorced. Maybe you prayed for your grandma to be healed, and she wasn't. You pleaded with God to overcome that repetitive sin in your life, to just take it away, and it didn't seem like he took it away. So you conclude, and many of us would conclude, that that prayer might work for other people, but it doesn't work for you. So friends, have you given up on prayer? To understand what prayer is, what I want to do is I want to start with what prayer isn't. See, a lot of times we have a misconception on what prayer is. You see, prayer isn't a formal presentation. It can be, but it doesn't have to be. You don't have to be in something like a minister's robe or kneel down by your bed or approach God with some fancy language that you don't really use in real life. Prayer is also not giving God your wish list. It's not like God is some cosmic Coke machine or a magic genie in the bottle that if you rub him just the right way or say the prayer in the right way, he's going to do exactly what you want and the product's going to come out. Prayer is also not a spiritual negotiation where you tell God that you won't do that thing anymore if you just give me what... I'm asking for. I'll never do this again, God, if you'll just answer my prayer. It's not a spiritual negotiation. It's not 
a performance to win over the favor of God. It's not a show to impress people. Prayer is not a lot of the things that we think it is. In fact, when we look at the way Jesus lived and just how he interacted with God, what we discover is about the way he lived is prayer isn't just an action you do, but prayer is a way that you live. When we look at the way Jesus lived, we see that prayer isn't a momentary action where you fold your hands, you kneel on your knees, and say something and close it out with amen. It's so much more than the action that you occasionally do. It's more of the way you live. In fact, when you look at Jesus' life, he prioritized the presence of God in prayer. You can read it over and over and over again. He'd leave the crowd and he'd go off and pray. He'd get up early in the morning to pray. He would pray late at night. He would go off alone on a lake to pray. He'd go up the mountainside to pray. It appears that Jesus was constantly disconnecting from those around him to fully connect with God. In fact, when you look at how Jesus prayed in the gospel, it's fascinating to see exactly when and how he prayed. Well, when did he pray? According to the Gospels, we see a long list of when Jesus prayed. He prayed at his baptism. He prayed in the morning before heading to Galilee. He prayed after healing people. He prayed the night before choosing his disciples. Now don't worry. The corn is in the coolers. It's okay. I'm not going to go through the whole list of every time Jesus prayed. There's way too many. But let me pick a couple more. He prayed for little children. He prayed for himself. He prayed for his disciples. He prayed right after being nailed to the cross. He prayed while dying on the cross. He prayed all throughout the day. See, prayer wasn't something that Jesus occasionally did. Prayer was a part of the way that Jesus lived. Think about all the normal times in the course of Jesus' life that Jesus prioritized the presence of God in prayer that aren't written. Now, I can imagine many of you would say or think, yeah, I'd like to pray, but I just don't have the time. I mean, there's way too much going on, Matt. I've got to be productive. I've got to get stuff done. Friends, there may be nothing more productive in this month of September than the time that you spend seeking the heart of God and inviting His power, His presence, and His strength to be with you. See, it's almost impossible to walk into the world and be full of joy and peace with all the chaos, to actually be an effective witness when you see division that's everywhere. You see the tension, you see stress, you see financial press, uh, pressure, you see temptation. And above all that, we actually have to make complicated decisions in the middle of that. I don't know about you, but this September, I'm needing God's presence. I need his power. I need his grace. I don't just need it for a few minutes in prayer. I need it in the way that I live. So as a disciple of Jesus, a follower of Jesus, what I know is that the way that I live in this world, I need God to help me not be of this world. I have to disconnect from the world. There's times when I have to disconnect from everything that's temporary to connect with the one who's permanent. 
I have to disconnect from all the temptations to gratify myself, to connect to the one who brings glory to himself. See, prayer isn't just a momentary action. It's so much more. And friends, when you look at the way that Jesus lived, prayer wasn't just something that he did. It was the way that he interacted with God every moment of every day. In Matthew chapter 6, verse 6, Jesus, early on in his ministry, looked at his disciples and said this, I'm going to teach you a new way. When you pray, go into your room, close the door, pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father, who sees what is done in secret, will reward you. Well, that's great. We've heard it numerous times. Let me put a spin on it from the message translation, which is not a literal translation. It's meaningful. Eugene Peterson translated it this way. Here's what I want you to do. Find a quiet, secluded place. Friends, do you have a place that you pray? It might be a prayer chair. It might be a prayer porch swing. Find a secluded place. Now, some of you are thinking, I have kids. Go to the bathroom, shut the door, pray for about four minutes before they find you and they're coming. You've got four minutes till their fingers are underneath the door. But find a secluded place to pray. Look what Eugene Peterson continues to say so that you won't be tempted. I like this. Role play before God. Just be there. I like this. Just be there as simply and honestly as you can imagine. And here's the equal sign. The focus will shift from you to God. And in that, you'll begin to experience His grace. See, Jesus got alone to pray. I would encourage you to make it a daily priority to get alone to pray. Block out the noise, eliminate the distractions, put your phone aside for a few minutes, don't check Instagram. I promise you, whatever they post, it'll still be there and it will be mostly meaningless. Don't check your texts, don't look at those conspiracy videos someone sent you, there's another one coming tomorrow. Disconnect from the world to connect to the Lord of hosts. Why do we need to do that? If you hear nothing else this morning, hear this. Intimacy is never accidental. You never just like accidentally become close to God. Like people say, well, I'm not close to God. You don't just fall into that. I've just been busy. I'm worried. I'm stressed. I'm dealing with mean people. I'm so close to God. It just doesn't happen that way. There's no relationship that's going to happen without intimacy and focus time. There's no way I could be close to Michelle if we never talked to each other or never had time alone. You can't be close to a friend if you don't spend time alone. There's a place that you pray and just be still. When Jesus was baptized by John the Baptist in John chapter 1 and 2, it's one of the most meaningful texts to me. A voice from heaven spoke. It was God the Father, and he publicly declared his love for Jesus, his son. He said this, this is my son who I love. I want everyone to know I'm incredibly proud of him, and I'm really pleased. At that scene, heaven opened up and a dove descended. The Holy Spirit in the form descended upon Jesus. The presence of the Holy Spirit was in the form of a dove. (laughs) 
Now, you might not know that a dove will never land on something unless it's still. A, do- a, la- a dove does not land on a moving train. We could probably figure that out. But if you want to experience the presence of the Holy Spirit, sometimes you just need to find a secluded place and be still before God. You might say this, Matt, what do I pray about? The answer is really easy. Pray about whatever you care about. Whatever's on your mind, whatever's on your heart, whatever you're excited about, whatever questions you have, whatever you're burdened with, pray. Here's what Paul wrote in Philippians chapter 4, verse 6. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Don't worry about anything. Just pray about everything. If it's on your mind, it's on God's heart. Talk to Him like a close friend. If you have questions, ask God. If you're mad at Him or hurting, tell God. I promise you God can handle it. Pour out your heart to God. Talk to Him intimately. Friends, it's not just an act. It's a friendship. It's a love relationship. Why is it so many of us still struggle to pray? I would say in many ways it's because we tend to compartmentalize our lives. Now, if you know me, I don't love potlucks at church. Hence why we have two items today. Corn and hot dogs. In a perfect world... If Matt was in charge of the entire world, separated plates would still be a thing. See, we tend to think that our work life's over here, my professional life's here, my friendship life is over here, and then somewhere is my church life. And we think those things don't touch, they don't cross over. What I want you to understand is that God does not want to be a part of your life. He doesn't want to be a part of your five minutes a day of prayer and then say, good luck, have a good day, see you at the same time, same place tomorrow. Hope everything's going to go okay. You don't want to be a part of your life. He is your life. He is every part of what matters in your life. He promises you that He will never leave you nor forsake you. Since He's always with you, prayer isn't just an action you do, it's a way that you live. When you look at the way Jesus lived, once again he practiced the presence and priority of prayer. He had uninterrupted time with and fellowship with the Father. He was always praying. In fact, I'm going to show you a verse. Honestly, this is a verse that I have hated for years because in it, it includes extreme guilt for me. I always feel guilty. Like I don't pray enough. I don't pray good enough. This verse was meant to induce guilt until I really understood what it meant. I'm going to show you in three different translations, okay? 1 Thessalonians 5.17. You can all memorize this verse. In the New Living Translation, it says this, Never stop praying. The NIV says, pray continually. For some of you that still read the King James Version, it says, pray without ceasing. Friends, this used to make me feel guilty because I thought, I can't pray for five minutes without being distracted. You want me to like pray without ceasing, pray continually, never stop praying? I can hardly start praying. Then it started to dawn on me. 
Look at the way Jesus prayed. It wasn't an action. It was just. It was just a way of life. It was an ongoing awareness that God never leaves you. He never forsake you, forsakes you. He's with you. Friends, you can talk to Him anywhere. You don't have to break away, kneel down, fold your hands. You can just talk to Him when you drive. Talk to Him at work. Talk to Him when that person's getting on your nerves. Ask God to give you grace for that person. Talk to Him when you're about to lose your temper at your kids. Talk to Him when you're running late for church. Talk to Him when you're about to lose your witness when you're running late to church. And talk to Him when you forget something. When you can't find your keys. And when you're worried about something. Or someone. Just talk to Him like He's your friend because He is. Prayer is getting alone with God. Do that. Find your place of prayer. But it's so much more than that. Prayer is living in God's presence. Prayer is experiencing God's grace. Prayer is hearing that whisper, that small, still voice throughout the day. It's enjoying His his power. It's enjoying His peace. Prayer isn't just getting God to do what we want. Prayer is aligning our will to His. It's delighting in the Lord as He changes our heart and gives us the desires of our heart because they're aligned to His. When you pray, we're walking with God. When you're in the Spirit, when you're aware of His presence, He'll convict you of sin in a very loving way. He'll comfort you in the middle of your trials because He's with you. He's always loving you. See, when you're walking in the Spirit of prayer, you sense His direction. You'll notice that God's guiding you. You'll hear His promptings to reach out to someone. Your heart starts to hurt over what breaks His heart, and your heart starts to rejoice over what brings Him joy. Friends, prayer is not an action that we do. It's the way that we live. Ongoing presence of God, prioritizing the presence of God. See, I've always felt guilty in prayer. Like I'm not good enough. Now I've just started to learn how to pray without ceasing, like to never stop praying. It's not like I'm praying every moment, but when I need God, God's there. I'm more aware that He's always there than I've ever been before. In fact, Max Lucado, some of us have read Max Lucado over the years, talked about something that I think we'll find, you'll find helpful in this month. God. This is the day that you said uh, with him. Give him your waking thoughts the start of the day. Give him your waiting thoughts. Then throughout Today, give them your whispering talks because you may not want to shout your prayers in the middle of your office. There are times when you're like, God, I need your help. 
And you just whisper to God. Would you give me wisdom? God, would you help me do good on this presentation? God, would you give me the words to say in this difficult conversation? God, would you help me connect with my 16-year-old? God, would you help me welcome and love my husband when he comes home from a difficult day? God, would you help me be the voice of encouragement to someone that I love? So you start with your waking thoughts, you give them your waiting thoughts, and then you give them your whispering thoughts, and then at the end of the day, you give them your waning thoughts. At the end of the day, look back and say, God, here's where I saw you today. Here's where I experienced you today. Here's what I'm thankful that you did for me today. Then whatever burden you have before you go to bed, give it to God. You cast your cares upon Him because He cares for you. So you say, God, this is what I'm struggling with. I trust you to handle it. God, I I trust you enough that I'm going to go to sleep right now. And tomorrow, the first thing that I'm going to do is give you my waking thoughts. See, prayer isn't just something that we do. Prayer is a way that we live. When you look at the way Jesus lived, he just prioritized the presence of God. So if you feel like you have prayer guilt, like me, be set free today. Just be aware that God is with you right now. He's always with you. He's always loving you. He never leaves you. He'll never forsake you. So what do you do? You find a place, you pray, and then you just never stop praying. You don't just stop. You're always aware at any moment that God is just a prayer away, just like that friend that you text throughout the day. Just like when you feel like you need to call a loved one, you're talking to Jesus. I love this in 1 John chapter 5. This is the confidence we have in approaching God in prayer that if we ask anything according to us to his will he hears us he hears our prayers and if we know that he hears us whatever we ask we know that we have what we have asked of him and then the apostle paul wrote this in philippians chapter 4 remember he was in prison don't be anxious but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god And friends, at daybreak, as you pray, as you enjoy His presence, walk in the Spirit. Because the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. You just don't stop praying. You're walking in the Spirit. You're living in His love. You're aware of His goodness. You're experiencing His grace. When you're weak, His strength is made perfect in you. When you're tempted... His power will help you overcome. When you're discouraged, He's the lifter of your head. He brings you joy in the morning, so you bring Him your waking thoughts, you bring Him your waiting thoughts. You don't grow weary because in doing good because at the right time you'll reap a harvest if you don't give up. And you give Him your whispering thoughts because you may not hear Him in the thunder and lightning, but you often hear God in the whispers. Then at the end of the day, you give him your waning thoughts because you cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. And you recognize that prayer is not just something you do, it's the way that you live. And suddenly, as you're walking in the presence of God, you're aware that he's comforting you. He's convicting you. 
He's loving you. He's prompting you. He's guiding you. And friends, suddenly you wake up. And you're not just believing the truth that Jesus taught, but you're also living the way that Jesus lived. And in that, that honors God. And at the end of the day, it makes a difference in this world. Let's pray. God, as we transition from reading your word and understanding truths about who you are, we pray that if I was a distraction to my friends, that you would eliminate the thoughts that were a distraction. If you used me in a small way to encourage my friends, make it about the Holy Spirit that prompts, guides, and leads. God, may we here at daybreak be known as a praying people. Not solvers, but praying people. And God, as we walk into communion, this is a great gift. As Glenn leads us in communion, we're excited to celebrate and to look at each other and go, we serve a God that's not dead, he's alive. Thank you for that gift on the cross. We love and adore you. We ask all this in your name. Amen.